This week on Bookpile Banter, Amberly, Sarah, and Kim have a very hard time agreeing on In the Ravenous Dark. Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are going to discuss In the Ravenous Dark, which is by A.M. Strickland. It was published in 2021, back in May, by Imprint, which is a part of the Macmillan Publishing Group, LLC. And this is actually under their Macmillan Children's Publishing Group, which there's quite a few of them. This is one section, one branch of it. And this book is designed for ages 15 and up, which within the Macmillan, Macmillan Children's publishing group uh most of those books fall somewhere anywhere between zero to 18 i am articulating so well again Mm. (laughs) um something of note this author does also go by adrian anna and adrian ann strickland and uses both she her and they them pronouns so we will be switching between those potentially depending on each person's preference and the plot of this book is thanopolis is a city that requires every blood blood mage to have a spirit guardian rovin has hidden her power since the day her father was killed but she is revealed to be a blood mage when she makes the choice to save her friend it reunites with her with her father who it appears was not dead and gets her stuck with ivralos ivralos But her guardian is not all that he seems. And while Rovan is just trying to survive and escape, she finds herself entangled with Princess Lydia and making friends with Lydia's cousin, Jaffa. Um, So another thing to note in in doing this, because I have a note on this before we proceed, is this is actually the second book, Sarah, that we have read from this author. The first book, she was co-author of Shadowrun. I don't know if you remember that one at all. Are you sure I read that? You did. You did. It was a space one where the main female character had a ship and all she cared about was her ship until her crew hires a new member who happens to be a prince in hiding. And she has that like weird black hole power magic and his people want to kidnap her for their like to to use her abilities. We read it a long time ago. You did not like it. It was a fantasy wrapped up in science fiction. You did not like it. <laughs> like, I am 100% sure. I mean, apparently I did, but I am 100% sure I did not read it. I guess that's how much I did not like it. I just oh, purged it yeah. with from my memory. I'm sure if you if you look up the cover, you'll recognize it. You'll be like, oh, okay. It was one I got in a, like a, a, a book box. So I didn't like that one either then, huh? <laughs> huh I wonder how feel, Sarah mm. feels about this book. <laughs> <laughs> foreshadowing <laughs> i don't even recognize the cover oh, okay well then you must not have remembered it you no wait it. this is a fantasy tabletop role-playing game um, <laughs> that would not be it <laughs> it's published 1989 so i need the actual book shadow run it's two words book. yeah that's what i searched for and you're certain i read this you did i gave it to you to read you hated it look familiar you hated it damn man yeah it's absolutely 100 (laughs) percent gone i remember it because it was really weird because it was a fantasy like 
as a science fiction and very young adult, like you hated how young adult it was. Um, I mean, it sounds like me. It was super young adult. (laughs) Um, All sounds true. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we have read this author before and clearly you don't like this author. (laughs) So Sarah, what did you think of this book? Well, um, as you can guess, I did not like it. I did not enjoy it. Um, I mean, without going into all of the detail all at once, uh, I guess the best part was the prologue where it wasn't in first person. Uh, But then everything after that just gets progressively worse as you go along. And it was a chore. It was a chore to read that I wanted to stop reading after like 50 pages. But I was like, I don't think I'm allowed to DNF this. And I almost asked you, is it okay if I DNF it? But then I was like, you got through red, white, and royal blue. So I can do this. I should be able to do this. But that doesn't stop it from being terrible. And I don't want to say it was torture. But, I mean, it wasn't fun. So it's I think over we with should, now. I think we should have a vote right now. Because I almost didn't finish this book also. Not because I was you know, tortured reading it, but because I was running out of time and because I had a very busy week. Uh, so I, I, you know, I think we should vote. Can we, what do you guys call it? DNF? Yeah, do not finish. Do not finish. Oh God, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little slow in the uptake sometimes. Anyway, can we, with the agreement that we'll still discuss the book, have a conversation, but discuss why we didn't finish it. Hey, Murphy, get down. So I think this is a conversation to have not during recording. (laughs) I think it's a legit conversation to have during recording. I mean, because two of us almost didn't finish this book. Yes, but after 50 pages, if both of you stop reading, that gives you nothing to discuss. And I'm just talking at you for however long. I Um, disagree. But anyway, okay, we'll discuss it. So we got to figure it out. out. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, then, Kim, what did you think of the book? I didn't hate it. I didn't particularly enjoy it. Um, Again, I listened to it, and the reader's voice was getting on my nerves. um, She had a weird tone to her voice. By the way, she said Iveros. Thank you. you. I can't remember how she said it, Iveros. Iveros. So did they not pronounce the L in it? No. I don't see the words, so I have no idea. No. <laughs> it might have didn't. been it might have been Ilver no, it was Ivaros or Ivaros or yeah, I, now I can't remember. I'd have There's to a pretty big difference between Ivaros and Ivaros. There is. And funny enough, I just finished it like two hours ago. So And I um, listened to it and I can't remember because I, I in order to finish in time because I had a busy week, I, I was like 3.5 speeding the audiobook while visually looking at the pages to get the story <laughs> in because this was my second read of this. Um, she had an annoying voice, voice, didn't she? Oh, I didn't mind her voice too much. Other than it was like really weird. At one point, it didn't sound like her. Like it was a weird like veil voice. So I, well, I thought it was really I thought it was really weird that she made Ivaros's voice Scottish. Yeah, I I, I was I listening I it at three point five speed. It it all sounded like squirrel gibberish to me. <laughs> <laughs> at that 
quick of a speed. I was not processing how it sound. I was just taking the words in. Okay. And now okay. Sarah is okay. So there was one other thing Sarah liked about this book as she is sitting here sniffing it to high heaven. <laughs> yeah. It smelled good. It smelled yeah. good. I mean, so. that's, I mean, I wrote a review on Goodreads and that, that was the only part that I enjoyed of the book was the scent of it. It's, it's good. so good. <laughs> okay. It also crackles pleasingly. Like, can you hear it crackling? Yeah, yes, yeah, I yeah. Can hear oh. it crackling. But that's because nice. you have a library version that has yeah, the plastic I know, I love around books. it. Yeah. I love it when they crackle. Does not crackle. Yes, that's disappointing. <laughs> Mine makes noise. Shouldn't have any smell, but it's my phone. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're missing out on this particular copy. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, I, my view. Yeah. I thought it was okay. 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 I thought it was okay. I enjoyed this. I actually got an advanced reader copy, read the advanced reader copy, suggested this because uh, to get some diversity in some of the books we're talking about, and then reread re it again. And I enjoyed it the second time rereading it. It is very young adult. I will say that it is very, very, very young adult, which isn't always a bad thing. And it's also very fantasy, but it is not urban fantasy. It's like general fantasy. So I guess we can start with the characters. So we will start with Rovin. How did you feel about Rovin, Sarah? Oh man, I hated her so much. Like, oh geez, right from the start, just that's the person I would have wanted to punch, did want to punch, couldn't punch because she's fictional. And then, so I just had to wish for her death and I couldn't even get that for most of the time and it didn't even stick so you know, she's so unlikable i don't oh god she's a mess such a cliche character oh i didn't find her cliche i actually liked the fact that in the traditional like young adult like situations she didn't act like they normally would like she goes to a ball and like she's terrible at going to a ball she can't navigate social situations if her life depended on them and she's quite sardonic which is not something i i've seen most characters being i don't think she's supposed to be likable she's an asshole no doubt but all the characters like her except her enemies anyone who's against her does not like her but like jaffa likes her and lydia likes her and then not even likes her and... falls madly in love with her with no explanation whatsoever yeah. Well, I took it to be Ivrilos. like, well, Ivrilos did not like her initially. He, that was and a then slow he said build. We did. No, it was I a know. slow build. No, I didn't see it. Uh, I, I thought he loved her from the beginning, but he was playing her. So, so yeah. And plus what we have to keep in mind is what Ivrilos knows of her is from when he was her father's guardian. <clears throat> Which makes that even creepier, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um in terms of Lydia and Jaffa I took it as is because she was an outsider coming in she appealed to their outsiderness um so they took to her because she was a, a new toy <laughs> um so funny. I, I was gonna say pet but yeah pet 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 would be you know she was a new pet she was someone different and then they all found that they had similar values that brought them together and I wouldn't say like 
in terms of them becoming fast friends, I wouldn't say it's any different than teenagers who are thrown into a situation together and find certain things in common and suddenly are fast friends. They were having sex within like, no, yes, within days of meeting each other. No, they kissed once and then like a week or two later, they were making out. Oh, maybe I just wasn't picking up on the passage of time time because- was not well represented because yeah it was like oh and then some months passed or some weeks passed yeah and i was like because i had to go back and i was like what the hell is going on this is so weird so she didn't represent time going by very quick well which is fair yeah it, it but it it was actually time passing um but yeah it wasn't like they were just suddenly making out it was instead that that so her i'll, I'll admit oh, just a second sorry. I was just going to say that during that section, that's probably when I fell asleep while listening to it. So I might have missed the whole time passing because, yeah, passing thing. But it it was there was the first ball that she was terrible at and she her father kind of stopped her from getting in trouble. And then she got drunk that then they kissed then nothing really happened for a while because things were going on with her dad and training and stuff um then her father dies and then they announced the betrothals and it wasn't until after the patrols were patrols betrothals were announced i don't think the two of them hooked really like actually hooked up beyond kissing um until after their betrothals were announced which did feel like it was three days after the story started, but but it wasn't. It was like, are you months. sure? I could yeah. swear they had their little threesome. Um, have a threesome. Jaffa, her, and the t- Lydia Jaffa and her slept together. No. Yes, they were. Yes, they were doing. You were not paying attention. Jaffa left the room. Uh, yeah, Jaffa, Jaffa was asexual. Like, it's cool, and then leaves. Jaffa has no interest in sex. Uh, yeah okay i'll trust you i'm not sure that's what i, I mean, got out of all like of that but yeah they were cuddling together in the beginning but of that they scene. started making out and jaffa went oh should i leave and they kept okay, making yes, out and he scene. said okay or they said yeah, okay yeah. i'm leaving now okay i got um, it i remember yeah. like good lord that would be very uncomfortable for me as a person it's like i'm hanging out with two people and then they just start like making yeah. out yeah be, like, i mean i remember teens doing that all the time when I was a teenager, people would just start like, yeah, and it was gross back then too. Yeah, but that was very much what teenagers do, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna awkwardly leave the room now. Um, <laughs> my God, teenagers did not do that in my time. Oh, they did when I was a teen, like fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago. Yeah, my teen was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So you guys didn't like Roven. That was actually my first note in the notebook. <laughs> in the notebook i don't like roman i just found her sardonic and i liked it i liked that this wasn't that's yeah that i had a problem with that yeah because it was like she was sassy but it was like they always make the female character if they want to make a strong independent female character she has to be sassy mousy or whatever but for me her quips just came off as like immature obnoxious and then people would snicker at them like this 400 year old ghost is like thinking she's so clever i'm like slightly more than what 10 years older than her and i'm like okay this is like a 16 year old kid in class making a fool of themselves it's not funny it's annoying and she's oh, stupid see, i didn't take it as she was trying to be funny or sassy i just took it as it was a teen who didn't know how to shut her mouth and 
was just trying to irritate everyone. I didn't take it as her trying to be funny. I took it as she was trying to irritate everyone because she was pissed off she was there. So I, I really did not see it as trying to be funny. Did How did you see it, Kim? I saw it as being um, more like how you interpret it. So being annoying, but that didn't make it any better for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's like she's trying to be clever or whatever. I, I, I would have. See, I, I didn't see her trying to be clever. Yeah. I, I, like a teen making a sarcastic comment when they're unhappy, like, you know. No, yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't really take it that way. I just took it as her being, basically, I'm miserable, so I'm going to make everybody else miserable. Well, she um, certainly made me miserable, so mission accomplished. <laughs> oh goodness honestly out of all of the characters the one that i felt was like most cliche was lydia like talk about perfection i'm a lesbian princess who everyone likes and you know i'm gonna magically not be betrothed anymore even though i'm first in line for the throne and everyone just thinks i'm so beautiful yeah. lydia is the one who drove me nuts there was no flaws in lydia i think overall any of the interpersonal relationships, I didn't feel there was any build for them. I it, right. it just it was just like instantaneous. There was nothing there. Everybody no either liked each no other or hated each other. Yeah, it was just. Well, I think in and except I will say the one thing that I remember from reading the first time, not that Sarah would have liked this, is I actually wish it had been at least a duology to develop more of those relationships <laughs> because we have a plot that is probably like in terms of the type of content being covered in this plot it reminds me very much of throne of glass but throne of glass covers the same kind of shit in like seven books and we've got it all in one book we've got that's, you know that's because the writer did massive information dumps it was so irritating to have to have the entire history of these countries dumped on me in a conversation between two people in you know a, a, a one chapter which is a, f a few minutes on you know my audio but it was just like for this book yeah when okay. yeah it yeah i don't even yeah again i didn't know if you're talking about throne of glass if you no, know oh, no i never glass. read okay i didn't think she had but then i was like did it happen for some reason that's what i was thinking no. you're talking about yeah no but yeah no she had no way of integrating information into the narrative. She just info dumped it yeah. everywhere. Yes, yes. Like I said, yes. that's where I wish it was like two books where maybe more time could have spent on those more like interpersonal moments and dragged out the plot. Because I could have seen the plot of book one ending with her dying and being left as a cliffhanger. And then everything that came after that could have been book two. And everything before that could have just been expanded a little bit by about 100 pages. So I have a question. Yeah. Did the blight come out of nowhere or was that just me? All of a sudden, it, it's just like there's this massive blight and all horrible things are going to happen. <laughs> the um, the kingdom in the underworld as he was like the connection right, there. Right. But all of the stuff was happening in the beginning. You know, she, 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 her friend nearly dies. She ends up saving her. She reveals herself. She gets dragged to the palace and then she meets all these people and she, well, and again, I thought they were having sex within minutes of meeting each other. It is hard um, to and tell. Then, yeah. And then, and then suddenly we're talking about the blight in the other country. And I'm the just blight like, is mentioned in the first chapter though. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it she was, talks about the shield. It's not really relevant. It doesn't matter. The whole story does not make any sense really, if you look at it, but it was mentioned briefly. Poor Amber. 
make any sense. <laughs> so none of it, the threads tie together, as far as yeah, I can they, tell. Yeah, they do. But like, okay, so you have blood mages yes. and they force it on women because she wants to do this whole women are oppressed storyline. Why? Why do they care about these blood mage lines? What are they used for? Because all they do is pass them down through the women, so they can't really use them, and then they use the ghost to enslave them or whatever. What's the end goal of that? What What's the purpose? And then you've got the king, the dead king, building this. Well, you, you, you can't you can't mention a bunch of threads and have me try to explain one thread and give me like six threads that I've got to explain there. So <laughs> the blood mages, the reason why it's the women is because they, oh, fuck, what was it? They explained that it was the women, what was it? Uh, because they wanted to keep the men around and yeah, they so wanted to make sure- the women. Yeah, just a second. You wanted to, me to defend the threat, so you gotta give me a chance to speak, Missy. So the blood mages, because they found women expendable. They didn't mind. They would have women produce children by the age of 20. Then at the age of 20, the women would have to give up their blood mage line and die. So basically it's, it is oppression of women. Yes. The reason why it's women is because they found women to be more expendable and because they didn't want women to be the ghost heirs when it came or be the ghosts when it came to the king because he had issues with his own wife because she had a child out of wedlock that wasn't his. So this is all a punishment because she had an affair. Iriverse, Iveris, I I Iveros, um, but without him. There is no point in propagating the bloodlines. There is absolutely no end goal there. But it gives him an army. And he needs someone to, to, he, the king, the king needed. He's killing them all at the age of 20. Like what kind of army is Not that? Not the men. Not the men. Only the women. Yeah, but the men can't use the bloodline magic. Just no. the person with the bloodline. So yeah, but the bloodline, the plus, bloodline. Plus they're having the blood mages be basically the army. He's controlling the army. and But the it, blood mages are all dying at the age of 20. Yeah, it's a young army. Oh, like, There's not a lot of turnaround, not a lot of control, uh, or easy to control. Again, this is a young adult. They pass them on. Yeah, this is a like young adult. But we never actually really see that army very much. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, it was towards the it, end. They were brought in and they were fighting. Um, but it it it's there. It's not like this is again why I could have easily had this pushed out to two books so that more detail was given to us on these things. Um, but it did have relevance and it did tie through. Plus, it was a counter magic and blood magic didn't actually exist in Thanopolis until the Skylarians started bringing it over long way back. Um, they had death magic. The king then discovered that the Skyrillians had blood magic and he wanted a way to control the blood magic. This was his way to control the blood magic. I don't know. It feels really weak to me. And then, like I was saying, with the whole blight thing, it's like, why was he building a city in the underworld for his male heirs? Because like, it's an egotistical king? <laughs> it, there's no point for it. It's just like, oh, and the blight you've got your cartoon villain. The blight wasn't causing, wasn't due to the city. The blight was due to the connection between the living and the dead. Right. 
but um, but it was the city connecting to the other city so yeah yeah i can i, can, yeah, that was just, I think connected. i think it was just paralleling um the city i it could have easily not have been a city and it wouldn't have like altered the blight situation other than he was a king and he just he wanted to replicate what he had in life um while he had his son as an undead representative for him in yeah it's like he didn't have to build a whole city like he wasn't even really he was up up in the real world being a spirit guide or whatever for his revenant son what have you it's like why i just it it was a very it was poorly built yeah but very convoluted story i mean it's just like the city in the in the underworld is that what they called it the underworld that was made of people yeah that was made of spirits and it's like why why what is this to control him i mean to what purpose because he's only messing around with the living he doesn't really seem to care about the dead anymore he's not even in the dead world except through the fact that we don't know that he actually like was there the entire time the implication i got wasn't that he was hovering over his son's kingdom but he's like bound to him he's bound to them but Ivros can come and go as he plays could go to the underworld and come and go as he pleased it's like but yeah we don't really see much of the underworld so there's no reason to see why they would even want to go in that city like why would you want to spend time there at all well he had Um, built it up to be what he wanted it to not Ivros but it just seemed like it was just this muddy black town like Um, I mean it's purgatory (laughs) yeah it was just it was poorly explained (laughs) and it was just a bunch of hodgepodge of elements all slapped together. No I don't think they were slapped together. I, I can see where the, the development was and where it was going. I actually thought, given the fact that this is a standalone book, it tackled a plot that easily could have been anywhere from two to seven books that we've seen from other people. Oh, well, I would say that's the problem with it. It was too much. And that's when I say it's convoluted, and and, yeah. and I think where Sarah is too. There was just there was just so much there, and and nothing gets really explored properly. So it's just like I I think plot wise everything made sense to me. There wasn't anything that I would, I needed more explanation on that. It was only the interpersonal relationships that could have been you know character development that could use more time. I would say this is a heavily plot driven book. Um, but I thought the, the plot was coherent. I thought that time was spent giving us the information that we needed for the plot. Um, I mean, I got to the end did, of everything. We didn't really need to know a lot, but it, it is like pretty shallow. I mean, that's how it felt to me. Yeah, no, I, 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 I didn't feel that way. Um, I thought it was very consistent with from, what, from beginning to end what we were getting from it. Um, I could see the path that, that led us to it. Um, even if it was being driven by a very selfish <laughs> main character. <laughs> um, it's definitely an ambitious book because there is a lot being said in it, without a doubt. Because on top of all of that, you also have all of the representation that's in it in terms of... <laughs> what was that noise for? Oh, that was me reaching over to turn my light off oh, okay i thought you were responding to me when i said <laughs> no, representation no, no. in it that was poorly timed i was like in all the representation in it and you're like oh <laughs> no, that was my hand 
is my elbow dropping on my stomach although okay i do have comments about that okay what are your comments about that oh god i just don't even um i just feel like at least with some characters especially jaffa Mm -hmm. like their main defining feature is that they were non-binary and that and then the rest is like oh just your stereotypical like quirky outgoing character but it, it was like your very first introduction to Jaffa is like this is my offspring they are non-binary and then you have to get an info dump about gender dynamics in this te- like land whatever mm-hmm. just like the like same sex stuff was earlier on um, yeah to get that info dump then we have to have the character be like, I accept you. And it's like, cool. Like a really awkward Tumblr post almost. And then like, it just, it always comes back to it. Like, like they always make that the focus of that character is that they're non-binary. And like, I just, I don't know. I feel like they really got the short end of the stick in that book. Um, Cause you just don't get much development from them. And they really felt like a little sidekick. Well, so I I would have liked more time spent on them. I actually quite liked the character of Jaffa. Jaffa was actually probably one of my favorite characters in the entire thing. Um, and I didn't see it as a need to continue to like come back to the non-binary. I think it was addressed at the very beginning. And then it was just kind of, it was, it was there. You, you know, it, it felt comparable to the only way I can think of it is, is, on tiktok when people are non-binary it's very transparent and they're very transparent about it because they want to be clear as to who they are and i feel jaffa was that jaffa was spending a lot of time just being very transparent as to who they were um and exploring what that meant and again we got to remember this is a young adult book so this is you know supposed to be a character that for anyone else who's trying to decide if they're non-binary i saw this as a character that someone could look at and be like okay you can just be non-binary and while there is there was mild conflict for it in the most part everyone just allowed Jaffa to be it was only the 400 year old king who can't you know deal with the modern times and her their father sorry even then Tarmic wasn't um he wasn't against being Jaffa being non-binary he just didn't know how to handle Jaffa being non-binary because he's the one who says this is my son and or this is my child and they are non-binary he's the one who introduces Jaffa as non-binary um and makes it clear that they are a they to Rovin to make sure Rovin doesn't misidentify the only time that Jaffa actually experiences like pushback is when the king actually gets killed and the 400 year old prince takes over his body however that worked um and suddenly doesn't want to allow Jaffa to be Jaffa it didn't really didn't take over their body they just didn't they kill him and then just had a disguise magic, had, like, yeah, I don't know how that worked that, that wasn't clearly like at all at all that was clear it, it was just, uh, I wasn't sure but then like at some point they said like the disguise or whatever was dropped, slipping and yeah. she could see him like yeah so it was like a glamour or something almost yeah well I was remembering at the end when the big battle happens and their father, there was the other, the sister and the father liked the sister more. And then Jaffa goes through this whole, I can't remember the details. 
and I just okay you're talking about Tarmic I was very confused I thought you were talking no, about her the father Jaffa their father I'm sorry Jaffa's father yeah I thought you were talking about they, the king yeah she's talking oh no yeah, we Sarah and, I were ta- Sarah and I were talking about the king and the king's son, and you're talking about Tarmic, the general. So I was okay, very you said Tarmic just a few minutes ago. So I'm I'm confused. You know, I'm I'm coming to the realization I was very confused about this entire book. Okay. Um, one of the things that you know you talk about representation and you really liked it. Um, from a writing standpoint, this felt like somebody writing to show representation exactly yes not that that they wanted these characters to be naturally representative of all sorts of people but it's it dropping in and out of the they and them very purposefully um when referring to jaffa while while very purposely everybody else was she he you know it, it it didn't feel natural in the writing process it felt like somebody who was purposely writing because they wanted to write a book representing pansexual heterosexual homosexual non-binary they wanted asexual they wanted to hit them all and and they so i took it as these are elements that were just in there that we didn't have to make it a driving plot and a lot of times i find books like to make it like it has to be a driving Point. like for example i i enjoyed the fact that roven being polyamorous wasn't a point of conflict she gets to the end and says i think i love this person i think you i love you and both of her partners went okay if you're if your emotions haven't changed about me and you want multiple partners okay instead of it right. having to be that but, we're spending this entire time with her struggling with who to pick because we could have gotten contrived to, i'm not talking about the characters i'm talking about how it was written i felt like the writer was writing for those things it's what this writer writes right but it didn't feel organic to me it didn't feel even remotely organic to me i agree with kim especially because yeah they throw out that thing with jaffa right at the start so it's like here is my non-binary representation in this book you already got the pansexual was referenced with um rowan rovin Robin. whatever yeah. protagonist character I mean, so it just kind of felt like she had a check like a checklist and it's like just checking them off um so that was what what i mean when it was like just kind of like thrown in there rather than i don't know it didn't feel like it was integrated into the story or into I mean, the character well enough i didn't think it was any different than any other young adult book in terms of when that representation representation was provided other than it wasn't being used as a source of conflict a lot of young adult books they like to make all of that the source of conflict and not allowing it to just be and i felt like this book it was just be elements they just were elements. so i agree with that i agree with that completely coming from my perspective i have probably this is probably my second young adult book in my life (laughs) uh this is not something i read yeah um i'm being pulled into this this genre kicking and screaming uh you can ask Amber, Lord, you guys are making kicking. me feel like you both are making me make you kick and scream through young adult no, books well it's <laughs> just with this book okay let's no let's you kicked and scream through six of crows okay listen to me address <laughs> the fact i am 53 no, yeah, years yeah. old and when i was a young adult i didn't read this stuff it wasn't it didn't exist so, 
Yeah, well, yeah, it did. No, young adult is developed in the 90s. I've, I've done research. Young adult as a genre did not happen okay. until the 90s. Okay, okay, so we're going to pull the tried and true out that we talk about, like, every episode. Dragon Riders of Pern. Dragon Riders of Pern is a young adult. The three books, Harper Hall, um, Drag, uh, those, yes, they are considered young adult. Yes, they are. Look it up. Oh, there she goes, onto the computer. <laughs> The point would be in all of this is I can't remember now what the point was. <laughs> it's just it, I I don't disagree that the that that the my understanding of young adult is yes the sex the whatever people's identity that's the driving story. I agree that that isn't the driving story on this and and yes that was nice, um, but I didn't feel that it was organically written in these characters so yeah like I don't know that I've read many books that have non-binary characters um fanfic I have but not actual <laughs> published books um but like one last stop which I read that recently they didn't have a non-binary character but they did have a trans character but the way she revealed that throughout the book just made more sense like you meet the character first you meet you get their personality and like it's only until you're halfway through the book that you learn that, oh, this character is actually trans. And it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, and they no, move on. It's, it's like stated in the first time they interact in one last stop. No, it's not. Nico? Yeah. yeah. She doesn't even know until yeah, she no, sees it's... the picture on the fridge. Oh, no. It was very obvious to me in the first interaction. The main character may not have known, um, but it was told very clearly to us that they were trans very early on i picked up on that um well i figured a character was trans because the ad she responded to said that the person had to be trans friendly but it does not make it clear it's just like she meets this guy who i think she describes him as like a kind of a typical greaser looking character with like slicked back hair and a black jacket and stuff yeah. So yeah. going back, apparently on Amazon for Dragonflight, I guess they listed it as grade seven and nine. I would not consider Dragonflight young adult, but although that is school library binding, I couldn't find like just you can't buy just a normal book. Right. But I'm talking about the three specific Dragon Drums, Dragonflight Dragon. is the first one. Dragonflight is part of the original series. Dragonflight is not the three with premiere and mentally and no you said the first three Harper books Hall. are considered young no, adult I and said, I no <sighs> I said Harper Hall books the Harper Hall books which is is the mentally and and I can't remember what they're called I would have to go into Dragon Song Dragon Song yeah those would be considered young adult anyway we're we're like arguing about something that is <laughs> Not relevant to the point. <laughs> yeah, it, it, irrelevant to the book. Uh, oh, man, this is all going to end up in a digital trash can. It's not. <laughs> we have to have something available for listening. Um, I, I don't even know what I was saying. Anyway, so let's talk about, let's talk about, so we've talked about, well, we've talked about Jaffa a little bit, but we didn't like really introduce Jaffa. Um, I, I think it's pretty clear who Jaffa is at this point. Yeah, at this point. I would say the one thing I didn't like about Jaffa is the constant referring to what Jaffa was wearing. 
Um, but th- actually through the entire book that that was talked but about. But she did that with other characters. Yeah, too. I was just saying, that's like, what I was just objecting. Yeah, that was one of my complaints. It's like, yeah. okay, we don't need to know what they're wearing all the time. Like Lydia's many dresses. And yeah, Lydia, who is annoyingly perfect. <laughs> although I just kind of disregarded her character altogether, to be I honest. I did too. I did too. Um, like, there's again, no substance. She's just a pretty object that sparkles. I, I The <laughs> descriptions of clothing didn't bother me, but it's on point for young adult. I mean, think about how yeah, many times in the what... younger book, yeah, like the uh, Akatar and, and... the obligatory ball, and then they mm-hmm. get these special dresses, dresses. that are always like frothing Which, okay, with some sort but of. I loved the fact that on the first ball, Rovin didn't get a special dress. She had to fit in uh, Chrissy's Chrissy's Chris, Chrissy's dress that didn't fit. She her first ball, they didn't magically have a beautiful dress for her. She was awkwardly fitting into somebody else's dress. It wasn't until after months had passed that she actually had her own clothing and had a nice dress. And that was for her betrothal. And that was for her betrothal, though she didn't know she was getting betrothed. Honestly, I didn't even pay attention to what she was wearing. That was the ruby dress dress, dripping dress. Oh yeah, that's right. It's like the minute she started talking about clothing, I started skimming because so I was like, I don't know what a strophion is, so and I'm not going to look it up. So, I'm but just yeah, it, on. I I thought it was pretty on point with young adults, so it didn't bother me. Ugh. I mean, it just bothers me in every young adult. <laughs> like we don't need to know what they're wearing every second of the day. We don't need to know how pretty they are in a dress and how. Listen, some people love fashion and love hearing clothing being described. So, you know, I, I, I get to the point right now where I'm like, I like dark books. I like, I like bad things happening to characters. Um, and I'm like, if she had taken, she being the writer, right? They. Author. Yeah. They, she, they, either one. Okay. If they had taken out all of this description of the city and description of the clothes and this description of the settee they were all laying on together as they as they made a little kitten puddle together um and and actually focused on this really dark story that she was trying to sell i probably would have very much enjoyed this this thing and like kind of what we were saying earlier develop all of that more because a lot of it she should have written a horror book instead of a young adult yeah yeah well i think the problem is is everything she's written before this is young adult um so she probably had to write young adult because that's what she's contracted well yeah it was so she was so this is i would say a a darker young adult yeah Um, it's a dark story horror story for jaffa that's for sure Also, it's really funny, Mom. You were like, ah, the kitten puddle. I'm like, no, I remember you being annoyed when me and my friends would be over as teens and we were just a puddle. Like, just puddling is is a team thing to just puddle together. Okay, yeah. Not for me, but... Well, yeah, I was going to say, not for me, but yeah. (laughs) It's not uncommon for teens to just puddle. You know, okay, so that would be my other issue. And I, and again, it comes into, I don't read these types of books. They never struck me as teens. Everything they were doing was much more like 19. mature. Yeah, they were 19, 18, 19. They were striking me as as 20-year-olds. Although um, I think not Jaffa older. was older than... Oh, yeah, wasn't older like 24, than 20, 25? 25, yeah. Jaffa was a little bit older um, because they had already gotten there. And, and Lydia, too, I think was 20. Oh wait, no, no, she... no, no, no. I was saying 19 as if um, but what's her face? 
was younger, wasn't she? She had like a couple years before she turned 20. No, she Robin was, she was, was yeah. 18. Robin was okay. 18, maybe 19. I can't remember which it was. I think it was 19. I, I think she thought she had a year. Um, oh, I thought she had a thought of, she had a couple years, but yeah. Now that you mentioned, it, I think there was a point where it was like she's 19 years old, and I was like, damn, Ifrilos is a lot older than her. Yeah, um, but that's not any weirder than Akatar or Throne of Glass or no. I mean, uh, it's what crazy. is the obsession with with these very young girls falling in love with very much older men? I I'm getting bothered by that. Some people books. seem to like it, but it is. From the perspective of the older man, it is a little creepy, I think. Um, it's a common trope in young adults that yes, very women, well, that's what female I was characters, about. Why? but, Why but is what it trope? is, is they fall in love with hundreds of years old people who are probably actually teens if their lives were compressed down to the same way that our lifespan is kind of nonsense. Um, so the writers again, have daddy like, issues, is that what I'm I only like 10 or so years older than these people, but I feel so much older. <laughs> would never be attracted to a 15 year old yeah well what you know what what are we gonna (laughs) the authors have daddy issues Uh, it doesn't make any (laughs) sense Uh, i don't know it's pretty common i don't see i think it's just a trope it's a terrible trope trope. i guess but it is sometimes it seems weird yeah uh especially when the character's as annoying as rovin is I'll bang my head against a wall. <laughs> oh lordy! We have brick ones outside. I'm gonna go bang my head against a brick wall because I feel like I would get through the brick wall faster than changing your guys's opinions. No. Okay. The, sorry. I, it would. I would get have an easier time getting through the brick wall than you guys finding something positive to say for longer than two seconds in this well, in this book unfortunately yes okay i would tell you the one it smells one. really good like did you not hear that, that, that in took, the beginning? That took you two seconds to yeah. say two seconds um, it smells I good it also That's has two. a nice I, <laughs> I will tell you the one thing i was because at first i thought i am going to absolutely love this book she didn't do the she they the writer the author didn't do the, the author didn't do the typical thing of there's this big mystery behind the the one that's coming to save us all um th- she said like a chosen one yeah she didn't do that yeah it, it, it was she has this power she's known about this power she's been hiding this power she got it from her father her father got it because he's a special person from this other city you know, it was yeah, it was it was there from the beginning, and I enjoyed that because that is such talk about tropes. That is such a trope. The the well, chosen and, one, and never does Rovin like Rovin just wants to fucking escape. Never does Rovin go. I must save well, until the, the very city. end. Where until she the very end, she needs to be a savior for some reason. Which I was like, okay, but it wasn't even a savior. She she it wasn't that she wanted to save the city. She wanted to save her friends, and she, she went someone to like stop the blight. Well, no, no, I don't. Uh, she got to the end, and when she realized she could stop the blight, she stopped the blight. But up until someone said, "Yeah, you can do this," she wasn't trying to stop the blight. She was trying to survive it, get past it. She just wanted to. Really, the turning point was when Lydia went, "Wow, you're selfish. You were going to sacrifice me, but you're not asking that of yourself." And she went, "Shit, who am I to 
take this person I supposedly care about and be willing to sacrifice them. And I'm just trying to, you know, get my ass out of here. And that's when she finally turned, Roven finally turned around and went, okay, what do I have to do to save the people I love as opposed to just saving my ass? Um, then she got herself killed because she doesn't succeed very well at anything she does. <laughs> and yeah, then she I came back as a revenant. And that's yeah. when she finally so then she felt empowered. Super powerful demigod, practically. Oh, I wouldn't say God. a demigod. She could control like all types of magic super well, too. She just automatically, no, knew, she I just guess, because could... of her connection to Ivrilos or whatever, but. <laughs> no. She was already what? super powered with her dad's super bloodline. And I was like, Stop oh, okay, for a second, here we go. Sarah. It wasn't that she was some Debbie God who's superpower. It's because she was finally in a position that could balance the death and life magic, the blood and death magic. The problem was, is they're not two magics that are supposed to be balanced together. The, the blood magic came to Thanopolis and Thanopolis was originally a death magic oriented city. When she died, she then had, because she had been exposed to both types of magic and basically had built up a, a yeah, resistance, I mean, then she could function as in both. She never actually has like super duper powers. She's just capable of actually fighting the other revenant. Um, there's nothing that, and even then she doesn't really succeed because if I remember correctly, it was only when she- balls, and, but still. Only when I she mean, and Lydia both were fighting as revenants that they- beat the 400 year old vampire revenant dude <laughs> and never once is it that she's some you know it's not we're not talking about like aileen here where she you know i have magic super fire powers hidden within me that i just have to unlock the unknowing well of it, depth i don't know it, it felt the same to me because again she's just this ordinary girl well not really ordinary but you know she's having this ordinary life and then of course she has her again dad's extremely long bloodline that she inherits um and then again she just gets the super special power of having both combined due to strange circumstances sure but you know it's still it's like here we go um it just felt very typically ya in that regard see i found it untypical because she was terrible at using her father's magic even though she inherited it and she was terrible but the, like, at doing oh things. look at how much you can do with just the move sigil it's like oh, okay here we go but that was the only sigil she knew and used every day for yeah and somehow she had 19 years completely developed a different kind of using sigils that no one else had ever discovered although that doesn't really get touched on again so it doesn't matter no it was only the move and it was only because she she used it so much that she could just do it without having to draw the sigils well, yeah, it's no different than someone draw, like doing art for job, yeah. 15 years and you get skilled enough to do things. It, it, I didn't yeah, think the move was... dad is just so awed by it. He's like, oh, I've never seen that before. Because his people didn't focus on one sigil and use it constantly for 15 years, every day, multiple times a day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but still, it's just like, okay, here we go, of course. So what did you think of the whole Revenant thing then, Sarah? Did you like well, I got that really twist? mad that I was reading a vampire book. I was like, God damn it. Revenants aren't vampires. vampires. Revenants aren't va- vampires. A vampire equivalent, basically. <laughs> they have to drink blood. Yeah. So then I was like, well, I guess that explains all the alcoholism. It was just a foreshadowing from her drinking, having to drink blood to survive. Because that was annoying at first. 
Yeah, I didn't read that as foreshadowing. I just I did not read that as foreshadowing either. I didn't read it as it, but looking back, I was like, is that why she always had her like drinking wine? Um, No, I think that was just a terrible coping mechanism as a teenager who lost her father. Yeah, I would agree. (laughs) I I would agree with Amber on that. I think it was was just a bad present. Yeah, I think it was bad coping mechanism. Basically, all around, she she was representative as having bad coping mechanisms she she fought with everybody she encountered she fell in love way too quickly i i'm not letting go of that that all went no she did she yeah she she did fall in love real quick real quick but again she had abandonment issues well and it really bothered me that she questioned everybody's loyalty but lydia's she must love me she doesn't have an alternative reason for what she's doing she, she i don't know she it, questioned it was, lydia i don't think so like after the like first, she did no after she the, questioned everything it was obnoxious yeah, I was gonna say, she, <laughs> she questioned lydia up until she got gymnastics. the blood mage magic and lydia came to comfort her while she was healing mm, otherwise she was she she was questioning lydia up the wall you, you fell asleep at one point i'm betting that's when you fell asleep no no don't don't use that one against me but i will go back to i could not figure out there was no payoff on on the relationships there was no there was no development in relationships they went from zero to six thousand in like three no seconds. chemistry either at least i didn't feel yeah, any chemistry i didn't feel characters. any chemistry but i that's just dwelling on the same the the main problem i had with it all i didn't feel like there was any payoff in the characters they just um, i didn't feel like there was much substance there yeah poor amber I feel like we're picking on you, but we're not. No, I'm just having an allergic reaction at the moment. Oh, that sucks. I can't stop rubbing my eyes. Um, I, I don't know. I, I can keep saying the same thing over and over again to what you guys are saying, but it doesn't, it doesn't change anything on how you guys feel about it. Um, because having- What's your favorite character? Mine? Yeah. Jaffa. I oh, Jaffa okay. Jaffa was adorable um i i thought it was it was nice to see someone who was non-binary that reflects a lot of the representations of non-binary i see on social media like tiktok where it's all about self-expression and wearing what you want to wear and and i i love the fact that for i don't know i don't understand why but it seems to be a lot of a lot of non-binary people take such pride in wearing like like combining feminine and masculine uh material or styles and so it was quite cute to have these descriptions of jaffa where rovin was taking time to see what elements were male and female and how uh jaffa was combining those into just this beautiful elaborate outfits that were self-expression without a care as to what gender would normally wear what Uh, so i liked that about those descriptions and the time that was spent on that um and then I I liked the fact that Jaffa was asexual and Jaffa said, I love you, but I don't want to be physically in contact with any of you guys uh, in that context. And they all went, okay, as long as I can still give you hugs. And Jaffa was pretty much like, yeah, I like hugs. <laughs> um, so I liked the fact that those elements for that character were just present. Um, and I liked seeing with Jaffa's father how while Tarmic 
was very like this is Joppa and this is who Joppa is there was still some no I don't want to say struggle but you could tell that this was a parent who was still trying to wrap their head around what that meant and at the end of the book Tarmac finally really truly realized what that meant and that the threat of losing Jaffa was more devastating than trying to understand who they were that it didn't matter who they were they just wanted their child um so I liked that and yeah, that was my that was my favorite character and what I liked about the character. So, I mean, a lot of things bothered me, obviously. <laughs> um, but Jaffa's ending, like, were you were you fine with that? Did you think that was a good ending for them? I, because it honestly pissed me off. <laughs> it didn't piss me off. Um. I remember, because again, I've read this twice. When I read it the first time, Jaffa died and I was devastated. I was devastated that Jaffa was dead. I was, I, I liked the fact that it was done in a context of Jaffa protecting their father. Um, because clearly Jaffa has strong family ties and values. And, and family is a concern for Jaffa. So it, it, the death... I liked that and that what he was doing, what they were doing, sorry. Um, and then I was relieved when Jaffa came back. And it, to me, it made sense that this essentially found family situation um, wouldn't be complete without Jaffa being back as well. And that because now Lydia and Roven are revenants they're, they're not going to die unless someone kills them so that means that the four of them get to and enjoy an existence that works for them as a dynamic for as long as they want and, it, and Jaffa wasn't being denied the ability to have the touches that they might want so they could still give hugs and stuff it's just the context of how that was presented was a little bit different and they had to negotiate the new setup of the dynamic, which I think is very reflective of any kind of polyamorous relationship where you do have people who have very specific boundaries within their position in the dynamic and all people in the dynamic need to work together to accommodate all of that. So it just presented Jaffa as being a different type of dynamic in a polyamorous relationship where maybe it's not about the physical, but it's about the emotional uh, love and value that they're getting out of the situation. <laughs> you didn't take it that way did you <laughs> no, no. It, to me it felt like the author considered Jaffa expendable because they had no romantic interest like they had no love interest because every other character had a love interest except Jaffa and every other character survived um and then they bring Jaffa back as a ghost, basically enslaved to um, Lydia. 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 <laughs> it's like, oh, Jesus. And so it's like, I get that, okay. So they could like touch like Lydia, or I guess they could probably touch Rovin, maybe even Iverlos if they wanted to. I don't, but they wouldn't really be able to interact with any other person in the world. Maybe if well, they're I touching. 
well, they could interact with Roven, Ivaros, yeah, and Lydia. Yeah, just, just within the foundation. Because Roven they, and Lydia could see, because of their yeah, evidence status, they, they could see the dark. Interact with the rest of the world pretty much at all. They can't really the do anything. Yeah, not the living. The one thing that, anything. that was specifically said is Lydia asked yeah Jaffa if she was okay with how things turned out I think they would have let her go or let they, them go yeah <laughs> um but yeah but like they were only in that also, position because the author killed off that character because it's like oh, they don't I, have a yeah. love interest and, so it'll be fine if they bring them back as a ghost them as a ghost because they're asexual they're not going to care and it's like so two things one uh when Jaffa touches Lydia Jaffa can interact with the living so Jaffa's father, sister, they'll all still be able to see him. It's just a matter of Jaffa uh, they touching have to hold Lydia. Hands, like, in order to... Has to, yeah, it's not like Jaffa can wander um, off on their own and, and just then, like, enjoy the world. The other thing I will say, and because I was, I was trying to find this to confirm it because I couldn't remember it. The other thing that I will say that I knew going into this that maybe the two of you didn't know is there's two aspects to this. One, the author has identified as asexual themselves. And they also have another book that they've written completely from a main character point of view that is asexual. Um, so I could trust their handling of this because the author does have that identifier. Um, and I didn't take it as Jaffa was expendable. Um, I took it as Jaffa's storyline was heading in one direction and that was Jaffa was one who was self-sacrificing um and they loved their father and so it made total sense to me that they would step in to st to save their father I mean yeah the situation she wrote for that makes sense but I still think that she wanted to kill someone off and it was easiest to kill Jaffa because of those factors um I don't know I just was like okay hmm that's so, cool i guess they'll be fine just being a disembodied ghost for eternity stuck with these people that they knew for like two months so i will say that my perspective on all of this was the complete opposite the fact that they brought back jaffa lydia and rovin from the dead made two a revenant and the other a ghost eliminated all Risk. gravity in this story that too it just completely nobody died they all died nobody died it, that, i wish it had been the other way around like if they're gonna bring them back like jaffa is the one that comes back alive and lydia is the one that has to be the ghost that would have been more interesting yeah, i was more interested in a relationship between rovin and jaffa not necessarily a sexual relationship but i thought that they had a great dynamic and it was completely eliminated when they made Jaffa Lydia's guardian, as they put it. Um, I I really actually liked the dynamic between Jaffa and Rovin. And then they killed everybody and then they brought them back and bound them up in weird ways to each other. It was, uh, yeah, I, I hated with the passion of, of the fiery depths of hell that last chapter hated it 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 you know we, i actually said this to you amber earlier when you read uh 
Project Hail Mary. Yeah. You were like, okay with it until you got to the last chapter. And then it was like, okay, that made the book for me. I was okay with this book until I got to the last chapter. And I'm like, well, (laughs) fuck that. So yeah, I, um, that's why, and I just finished it. So that's why you're getting a lot of vitriol from me is because I hated that last, that last bit. I thought the very, very ending, like the last page or two was a little awkward because it was like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And that was it. Yeah. You probably could have ended this just before the weird like group hug I love you situation. Yeah. But other than that, I didn't I wasn't bothered by Jaffa dying and and being a guardian. What did you think of Jaffa and and Rovin? Did you like their dynamic? I thought they were best friends. It did. Oh, see, I I would have liked to have seen, especially since we're we're gonna, you know, we're looking at this from the asexual point of view. I would like to have delved into an asexual having a romantic relationship, because uh, asexual people identify differently. There's asexual, aromantic. There's asexual romantic. Um, there's a slew of other um, identifications that that and see, you know, I didn't, I didn't see. I saw Jaffa as asexual, aromantic. I saw her as they. them, as I know, I'm trying, I'm 53, <laughs> I'm trying. Um, I saw them as asexual romantic, just because she was very, they, they were very much into their interactions with people. It was, you know, they, they wanted that connection with everybody that they were interacting with and whether it be their father, their sister, their friends. So I, I, but again, that's, you know, that's getting to to the nitpicky of. of I think that would have been explored if this was a longer, were multiple books and more time could be spent on that sort of thing. I don't think there was enough here for it to be be explored. So it didn't, I I saw Rovin and Jaffa as best friends. And I saw that Jaffa was at least a singular person who Rovin could actually tr- rely on and trust in because Rovin was terrible at making friends. Well, Jaffa was her <laughs> only friend. Every yeah. other person who was associated to her was either by family ties or romantic partners. Rovin had no friends. <laughs> So well, I was like glad Sarah that they, just said she was a horrible human being, which so, is why know. I was glad that Jaffa wasn't a romantic partner. I, I liked Jaffa and Rovin just being friends. Yeah. Like I said, that was my, my take yeah. on it. That's yeah. I, I, by the time, cause there was such a long period of time where Jaffa and Rovin were interacting um, specifically just the two, uh, two of them. And, and I was like, you know what, this, these two work for me. Lydia probably because they weren't just sucking face in every scene together exactly and it wasn't just you know can I hover behind you and whisper in your ear and and kiss on your neck I was just like oh my god you two are in public so yeah I I didn't like Lydia at all I'm realizing as I discuss this because she seemed like a spoiled that was a Mary Sue, that character. Yeah, she was spoiled. But royal. it was like a weird, like, secondary Mary Sue, like, not yeah. primary Mary Sue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I think a lot of the characters were pretty su- superficial, period, yeah. at the end, so. It, like, as I keep saying, this was plot-driven, not character-driven. Yeah. It yeah. was not character development-driven, it was plot-driven. Um, in fact, I think on story graphs 
Let's see here, just a second. Yeah, story graph, give me just a moment. I think most people indicated that it was plot driven. But it's a weird plot. It is. I still think it's a weak plot. I would agree, but yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, yeah, 67% of people who have read this story on Storygraph identified it as uh, oh, a mix of being plot or character driven, 17% plot driven, 15% character driven. Um, interestingly enough, 73% felt it was a strong character development. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy-five percent found the characters to be lovable. Oh my god! And then seventy-four well, percent saw the flaws of the characters as a main focus. I would agree with that. That I, I think that a strong focus was. This is out of two hundred and ten. Two hundred and ten oh. readers. We clearly don't fall into the, well. Sarah and I don't fall into the majority. Um. And then it has on here a 3.96 um, star rating. And I think on Goodreads, it has a 3.97. So even with Sarah's very low rating, <laughs> which we will get there. Stars. <laughs> we'll get there. You might like Storygraph. You can give point star, point like fractions of stars on Storygraph. Can you give zero stars though? Uh -huh. Let me see here. Sarah's like, ooh, let me go on there. <laughs> I like zero stars. Can I edit? Well, it'd be nice to have the option for certain books. Yep. Uh, let's see here. I've got to remember how to edit a review. You keep smelling this thing, Sarah. Does it smell? It good? smells pretty good, too. I love like paper. paper. I, I love the smell of paper and ink. Oh, man, the pen that I used to fill this out. Oh, great ink smell. Although you can't really smell it. Yes, you can give zero stars. Ooh. Oh, on Storygraph. Sarah signing up for Storygraph. Oh, gosh, <laughs> that's just another thing to log into, though. Yeah, but I think you would like Storygraph more. Um, because, like, when looking at books, it does things like looking at pacing. Uh, people can describe. You, like, you fill out, like, a little survey. You can write a review, but you fill out a little survey. So, for example, mm -hmm. it asks things like... Um, and particularly when you're looking at a book for whether you want to read it, I think you would like it because uh, it does things like da, 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 uh, community reviews, mood. So they have words like dark, adventurous, mysterious, tense, emotional, funny, challenging, hopeful, sad, inspiring, lighthearted, relaxing. And you identify each of those things you feel the book falls under. And so it tells you then the percentage of everybody else who sees it as say, for example, this one is identified the top three ones are dark, adventurous, mysterious. Uh, then it does the plot, the pacing. So it lets you know if, if people feel it's a medium, fast, or slow pacing. This one's considered a medium pacing. Um, and then the the things that I shared earlier in terms of is it plot or character, you know, diverse cast, lovable, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it it's also uh, actually it takes like five seconds. It's not it's not very difficult to fill out. At least I didn't find it to be. Um, the other cool thing is it actually when you look up books obviously people listening in can't see this it gives you word identifiers so the green are key word identifiers so in this Go case up a little bit you're you were too low okay yeah i was like i don't see anything green 
So it says fiction, fantasy, LGBTQ plus, and young adult. So it makes it a lot easier to identify all the genres while as Goodreads is terrible at identifying like the genre of a book. Um, I actually have to go outside of Goodreads to find genre information. But Goodreads has like the shelves for each book. So it'll have like LGBT. Yeah, but those aren't, I think these are like pre-filled the green. Um, Well, as on Goodreads, that's just who puts it on what shelf. Yeah. So anyways, now that we've gone off on a tangent there that had, well, mildly nothing to do with this book. Uh, did any of you guys have a favorite quote? I suspect not. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny. Favorite quote. But there were two I noted. So oh, okay, we're showing things on camera. I said, nothing stood out. Nothing, nothing in this entire, not one word said, not one sentence stood out in this, in, in this entire story. Okay. But Sarah, I, you had two? Oh, good. Yeah. Um, not that they're particularly relevant. It's just ones that well, this one just annoyed me a lot when I got okay. to it. And it was the one where she says, I've never been one to say no to a full cup in regards to getting drunk. And I was like, oh God, we get it. You're an alcoholic. And that's the one where I was looking at it. Like when I looked back at it, I was like, was she trying to make her drink a lot of red wine just to be like the blood thing? But yeah, probably not. It's probably no, it's just, it's just a drunk. The other one was one that gave me the heebie-jeebies. Um, probably wasn't supposed to because it's right near the end. But it's the one with Jaffa's like, oh, wait, I didn't actually write it down, but I can pull it up here. Okay. <laughs> pull it up from the book, the physical book. Oh, yeah, it's where Jaffa says, I know where I belong, and it's right here with you and Roven. I was like, oh, God, it just sounded really creepy. It just sounded cliche yes. to me. That It was yeah. just like, because I was like, oh, he's been, they've been enslaved, and they're going to be stuck with these people. And they, they made the realize. choice. They, yeah, Lydia because their other option was being in the underworld, which, as they mentioned, sucked. So if you're either dead uh, in the underworld, except for they, they took time to outline that that there was actually that was purgatory. There was moving on beyond purgatory. Yeah, but then you're still dead. So if the option is to be completely dead or just a slave, I guess I would choose slavery too if I was in that position. I feel like slavery in this situation is a strong word. Okay, but like enslaved, like being trapped, stuck, bound to this person, not like slavery, like slave labor and stuff like that. I know. I, just... I, I don't know if I can't think of what other word you use. I, I just I just want to say so saying I, enslaved seems really, really strong when it was a choice being made. I mean, except for the fact tethered. Tethered. Uh, except fine. for the fact that they went through such she the writer whatever how whoever we want to break it down to went into such detail in the beginning about how much these people did not want to have their guardians yeah and then we end with okay Jaffa's a guardian if you're okay with that and it's like and as Sarah says what choice does she have it's either dead day purgatory dead or they, did I say she again? Yes. Yeah. Which is really oh, funny because it's implied in the book that they biologically were born male. Um, so I really- know. <laughs> you guys keep saying he and I did not get he from that character at all. I don't know. I keep saying they. No, you, you no. It, it, it. Anyway. I I'm, slipped I'm up not- once or twice and said he and that's because they were I biologically know, born male. But yeah, I just they. say, right. I was going to say, I was, because I wasn't going to point it out because I keep yeah. messing up my, my, <laughs> 
my pronouns and I don't mean to, but I'm not uh, skilled at it. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I think given the choices, they didn't have a lot of choice. And then it felt like it was tacked on there. You have a choice. It's like, but I mean, it's, it's not like adult. there was, it, it, I know it's not like there was ever a heaven yeah. represented in this or yeah. a other good place to go. It yeah. was your dead, dead, which I got the impression that meant non-existent. Yeah. Non-existence. That's what I got. Yeah. Uh, no, and, I think there or, was some weird thing happened where this, like, I can't remember. Mm, I was just trying to get I it done at the very it's end. Just like, yeah. At the very end where it's like, the well, city dissolves, the souls go to rest, but it's like, that just means that they become nothing. Oh, I did not well, take I, it as that, but I, I, I oh, we all clearly saw things very differently. Very differently. <laughs> um, but, oh, yeah. okay, moving off of the Jaffa, I'll now share my favorite quote because I was not trying to ensnare us back into. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's what we were talking about, huh? <laughs> I do find so, it interesting that that's the only character that any of us, I mean, we haven't talk, talk, spoken about Ivaros at all. Can I Other tell than, my favorite quote? No, I, I think this re, I think this is reflective of the book. The I only liked a character, different character. But which character did you like? No, we should talk about Amberly's quote first. No, but that, no that's heading towards different. the that's heading towards the end of what we discuss. I mean, that's what we when we follow Iveros, somewhat okay. of a pattern. So what did no, you guys we don't think have of Iveros? No, oh, okay. What did you think of Iveros? <laughs> I, I want to know who's I want to know who Sarah liked. Which character did you like? Um, character. I did. Oh, well, I, oh I mean, like, buffering. if I had to choose wait, a character wait, wait, that wait. I like. Oh, okay. I mean, you buffered for a fine. second. Sorry. Oh, Go Jaffa ahead. was fine, but I just felt like there just wasn't enough development for any of those characters. Um, the one character that I did was like, that I liked, I was like, oh, I like you, was Kinius because he hated the protagonist as much as I did. <laughs> wait, sorry, who? Oh, the, the prince? The, yeah. <laughs> the slimy, awful, Bull. rapes people, people, murders people, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> I, mean, I love know. it. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know what to do with you, Sarah. <laughs> I don't that know is, what to do with you. That is like awesome. the dancing scene. I was like, this one. This is the character that I. Just, I admire him. I wish I could crush the protagonist's hands and threaten her. The only other character that is worse than the king in the entire book and their behavior, and that's the one you like. Well, there was the dead king, then there was the right. undead yeah. brother. But, 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 so but really talking the about third one. Bill. Okay, third. Okay. I'll give you third because I forgot about the undead brother because he came out of left field. And too. all they ever do is say that he's awful. They don't really. Well, he's mindless by the time we're in this hmm? situation. Anyways, Kim, what is your favorite character then? Oh, Jaffa. Jaffa, yeah, okay. I, yeah, none of the rest of them st stuck. I, I Until now, I couldn't even remember most of their names. So um, <laughs> they were all just characters. It's like, okay, they're talking about this person now. Who is that? And then they would the, the, the story would go on enough to go, oh, okay, that's that's... Yeah. The, the daughter you need context oh, clues they, every time when it they went into that weird 
place trying to find the two girls and oh that was that was like a fever dream in the middle of this story i had no idea what was going on i might have <laughs> been sleeping through that this morning also <laughs> so i could have talking about delphi uh breathy or breath beth three beth three and chris 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 i don't Chrisia? know chrisaya chrisaya uh, yeah the one that uh, the one Bethel? that ultimately inherits the throne because Delphi, Delphia, Lydia is a revenant. Delphia, her younger sister, right? And then marries the one guy that actually liked her more than. Oh my like, god, those ugly people! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, orange was... skin, green hair, purple eyes—like what eye burners? Not all. Like... Not all of them had all of that. Oh yeah, no. Some of them had blue hair. And probably bright gold skin, which just means they look like Simpsons characters in my brain. I, oh, see, <laughs> I took that as like weird, um, like just fade descriptions. I, I, easily those descriptions could be applied to any of the Night probably. Court or Autumn I Court. I mean, anytime or... they say golden, like without a qualifier, like just golden skin, I... You Bethy. do need to know I'm picturing Simpsons characters, like <laughs> <Okay>. bright yellow. <laughs> and it's and so copper is like bright orange. Yeah. But anyway, them going and trying to find them out of the blue for no ex. Well, they were trying to get them to help them, let them know that they were going to try and escape. I and, know. It, it, and they I were saving Delphia from the death magic. What is that character's name? Bethy. Bethy is the, the first love interest. Bethy? I thought there was an L in there somewhere. No, oh, it's B-E-T-H-E-A. It's -E -E it's, no, it's yeah, Bethy. Bethany. Oh, Bethia. Bethy. Bethia. Yeah, it's... That's yeah, how I, I was pronouncing it. I have no idea yeah. how it's actually said. I would have to listen to it again. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> oh, this uh. book. This book. This book. All right, so Ivaros. What were people's feelings on him? He was a character in the book. <laughs> Should have. I knew I was setting that up, and yeah, and they're not that not one memorable. Field. <laughs> he was as substantial as his physical body, which is to say, not at all. Except sometimes he had a substantial physical presence. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah. real. I I actually kind of like the fact that he had an alternative you know he was playing a long con i liked like I liked an ulterior that. motive yeah he yeah. he was it wasn't just that he was trapped into what he was doing he was choosing to be trapped into what he was doing and and he was setting everybody up and he was setting uh just very passively yeah yeah which well, i guess well, is like he had a lot of choice in the matter <laughs> just a spirit or a, what did they call it a guardian no, 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 no. Their their soul essence. They had there uh, like, like a gnome or something. Breath. <laughs> Emma. Breath. Numa. Numa. Yes. Numa. Um, there we go. I knew it started yeah. with a P, but I couldn't remember if the P was silent or not. Oh, I don't get to see words. I only get to hear them. So. Pneumonia. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Come on. To me, in my head, it was N U M A. Um, Numa. I'm but anyway, to hear so how I you think, think all these names are spelled. Oh, I have no clue. No clue. Roven is R-O-V-E-N. Nope. Ivaros is I-V-A-R-O-S. Nope. Jaffa is nope. J-A-F-F-A. Nope. Like Jaffa case. <laughs> Lydia is L-Y-D-I-A, because that's how yeah, Lydia is spelled. Yeah, you got that spelled. one right. Well, that's how no, Lydia is -E -E Yeah, 
Yeah, that's what she said. L Y D I A. No, L Y D I A. Oh, D I A. So it's yeah. D E A. D. That would be Dia, not Dia. Lydia. Dia. Oh, anyway. Lydia. Yeah, it would be something weird. Lydia. Lydie. Lydie. Anyway. I like the fact that he was running a long con. He he was he was in for the long haul, and he didn't care who he was taking out to get there. So I respect. I mean, I would that. have liked it if he'd stayed that way, but then suddenly he but was he in love. He fell in with love with the perfect. Imperfect. <laughs> that romance didn't make any sense. I was like, where it is was this from? <laughs> it was a slightly weird romance, but it was. I mean, the Lydia one at least there was a slight like chemistry, <laughs> physical, yes, very slight like and slight development, and then this one it's like. I hate him. I have to hide everything I'm doing from him. Also, Which, I love him. Yeah. And I want to make out with him all the time. And it's funny because you love enemies to lovers. But this is really badly done. Okay. It's just, oh, it wasn't enemies to lovers. But it was in enemies to lovers. It just wasn't the best enemies to lovers. Um, because they were enemies and they did become... This book did have some tropes that, like, if it was written differently, I would have enjoyed more. But they didn't go that route. So, you know... Maybe that's why I hate it even more is because my brain is like, this should be going a different way. And it's not. It is choosing the wrong path consistently. All right. <laughs> What's well, your favorite now, quote, Amber? Well, now I have to open my book back up because I had given up oh, on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot about the quote. <laughs> is Come that on. the book? I see it. Sarah's? Yeah. What? No, that's a different book she's holding oh. up. Okay. Oh, sorry. This is the book I'm currently reading. Also smells pretty good. Not as good as the other one, but. No. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Amber. Sorry, I changed. One day I will get to actually speak my favorite quote as opposed to speak just. It. Speak so, it. My favorite quote was, my first thought is poison. And then my next thought is, oh, right, I'm drunk. I love that line. <laughs> she fell down. <laughs> I, I very much was like I have had those moments not necessarily where I thought I was poisoned but you know when you're like oh this and you're like oh no that's just because I'm drunk yeah, I think I, I think I remember that part and being like oh, ah, that was kind of funny yeah um probably the only time I thought that because the other times it was like when she was being sarcastic I'm like is this supposed to be funny or just really annoying no she's yeah, no, just trying was... to be annoying <laughs> okay so on a scale of one to five, Sarah, how exciting did you find this book? Oh, <laughs> how exciting. Let's see. I gave it a one. Okay. Kim, on a scale of one to five, what did you give it? I gave it a two. I gave it a five. <laughs> I thought it was fast paced and I was excited to see what happens next. Oh, man. Sarah. It was like trudging through mud for me. <laughs> Ease of reading. Uh, so I wasn't sure about the scale on this. Is five like easy or is five hard? Five is easy. Oh, uh, well, I gave this a two. Um, okay. <laughs> but also I'm not quite sure when I was filling it out. I would say that it's a pretty easy read, except for the fact that it was so boring and I didn't like it. That was the only reason it was hard. But okay. like just in terms of reading it, it was a lot of introspection okay. though. Yeah, two. I'm sticking with two. Two, okay. Kim. I gave it a four. It was an easy listen to other than I found the 
narrators or not the narrator, the, the artist's voice a little irritating, but I think I was finding it irritating because I was listening to it at one, one and a half speed. So it was, it was a bit more clipped than I, but you could also sleep through parts too, if you wanted to, oh, and you would I be further in the book very easily. Up. I slept very easily in this book. I can't sleep and read it physically at the same time, <laughs> tragically. So my ease of reading was a four, two. I thought it was, a, it, it's, it's a, it, medium paced book it, you get through it quickly it's not a hard read I think the first time I read it I read it in one night if not two nights at most and then Sarah what was your emotional reaction to this well I gave it a three because you don't have negative numbers so I had to add that in myself but like so you had I an average response well I mean it was negative three. Oh, negative three. Oh. I thought you were saying a three. Like it would be zero if you can't count negative emotions. Cause I honestly felt nothing at all for any of these characters, except at the end for Jaffa. I was like, well, that's bullshit. But yes, no, because yeah. looking at the book made me angry and thinking about reading it made me angry. Now you understand how I felt with red, white, and royal blue. Yeah. I just don't know how you could hate that book. I don't know how one. you I don't know how you can like this one or hate this one and like that book so you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know that's why I forced myself to keep reading it because I like, can't really got through that other book which wasn't a chore but this one is definitely a chore for me so yeah negative three okay uh Kim so I kind of put this on a scale rather than a one through five no. so dead center would mean no emotional response okay. whatsoever okay. oh that's a smart way to look at it yeah so i gave it that dead center i gave it a three so five Wait. would be i had a good emotional response i had zero emotional response to Are this you guys and, but i didn't have negative emotional responses okay so let me clarify something for you guys this is a one to five as if it were a likert scale one okay so you had you if this was like bad a or very scale? bad a Likert scale. So uh, anytime you take a survey where it asks you to like pick a scale of one to five, usually the middle number, the middle option is either average or neither dislike or like neutral. Three is neutral. Okay. That's the way I was doing it. So, so one would be dislike. Yes, yes. Very disliked. So if these, if we oh. were to assign words to these numbers, one would be very disliked. Two would be dislike. Three would be indifferent. Four would be like Five would be very like. You need an explanation. Can I still do like negative in one? Your, in your little. Yes, you <laughs> yes, Sarah, you can do a negative one. I would like an explanation in your book when you make this well, again some, next time. Some, some people use it differently, but yes, if I, I will keep that in mind to have. Yeah, I'm teasing you. <laughs> so, but yeah, when you're looking at something like this, anytime someone's giving you a scale, typically how a scale works is one is very bad. And, and so let's say you have a one through 10, five would be neutral. Yes. I want to change all of my answers to the previous questions to three because it's neutral. It neutral. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Neutral. It wasn't exciting. It wasn't bad. So two would imply that it was like bad, but not how exciting. Would a one translate to how exciting if, if three is zero for no excitement. So you... <laughs> did not have excitement one would be you 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 did not find this exciting at all like you dreaded and the excitement this. Oh, okay was, so that's was still almost true okay yeah yeah <laughs> so i'm so, i'm zero i'm, I'm yeah free. one would all be like no excitement like like negative excitement two would be uh, nah. three would be like 
average like excitement four would be like i found this exciting five would be like i really found this exciting okay so back to emotional reaction mine was a four because again the first time i read this jaffa dying was devastating to me um so i had an emotional reaction to this i had an investment in it so then we get to the number of stars sarah how many stars did you give this book i mean i didn't know if halves were allowed so i gave it one okay but if it, we will allow halves we will work off of a story graph system you can go zero to five well, I already filled in one with pen. Well, really yeah, this it. this can't change on your book, but you can verbally change your response. I would probably give it a 0.5. Okay, um, get something. I mean, because I am angry for the time that I lost reading it, but like at the same time, I don't really know that it deserves a zero. I don't know that I found a book that deserves that yet. Okay. Got to keep that option open. Okay. <laughs> my goal to find sarah zero the toy makers oh be nice now i'm just kidding i'm just kidding that was a deathly emotion or not emotion <laughs> expression, expression. Yes. all right kim what was your star rating on this one so i gave it a three and a half there were little itsy bitsy parts mm -hmm. of it that i actually halfway decently liked but yeah overall like i said that last chapter really threw it in the Okay, and I gave it a four because, again, I would have liked more time for character development. I really would have liked this to be two books and more time spent developing so some funny. of those things. I know you guys would not have allowed me to let you do a second book. You guys would have, like, chucked it at me. Oh, no, I would have said no. <laughs> yeah, so. I would have told you I read it, and then when it came time to it, I would have, like, read the plot on Wikipedia <laughs> or something. Have you done that? No, I haven't done that. Not for any of pretty obvious books. if I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Sarah, do you you don't have any book recommendations? I'm assuming that are similar or oh. better than this. Um, I have a lot of book recommendations that are better than this, but they're not similar time. to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. So the book I'm actually reading right now, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that it's very similar, but um, and the book I'm reading right now is called The Library of the Unwritten by AJ okay. Hackwith, mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of like a fantasy. Um maybe closer to urban fantasy because mm -hmm. uh, it does kind of have modern world setting but there's also like it's about a library in hell so there's underworld stuff um heaven stuff and then of course yeah, there's also valhalla and um the mortal realm so you get some fantasy elements there um it's just the one thing that because uh in the ravenous dark um i'm sorry i forgot the name there for a second. yeah uh just like in the ravenous dark the protagonist you know you have a pansexual protagonist and so this book is also written from the point of view of a pansexual protagonist so it's just like a slightly different kind of look at that representation i guess um but just the fantasy elements, it kind of reminds me of it. I haven't finished it, though. I'm only two-thirds of the way through, so uh, it might actually be a terrible book, and I just haven't gotten that far yet. But um, yeah, I just see some similar-ish elements, so maybe if that's what you're looking for, okay. try to try. Anything else? That's it. That's it. Kim, did you have any? No. Okay. <laughs> so I have three. If you like the young adult elements of this and haven't read it yet, the Throne of Glass series is very similar to this in terms of like 
heroine who has to uh, topple an empire. <laughs> it's the best way I can describe it. Uh, then Throne of Glass is a good one. If you want a more adult version of this with a longer series, not longer series, but more like time spent on developing characters and stuff, and you like the twist in this book of The Revenants, then I recommend from Blood and Ash series. Um, that's a, But that's a much more adult version of this. Oh, let me man. make that clear. Is that similar to this? Once we get off, I will explain how it's similar, okay. Sarah. I don't want to spoil it for anyone listening. <laughs> oh, um, so, and then if you like this author, I recommend reading Beyond the Black Door. I haven't quite finished it. I'm, uh, I keep getting distracted by other reads, but that is a book from the main character is asexual and she is able to slip into people's minds. Um, and she is like hiding and on the run because someone killed her uh, mother and they want to use her abilities. Um, and that's as far as I've gotten into it because I've not gotten super far into it. So, but if you like the author, then that's the, the other book by this author that I would recommend reading. Uh, that one's got a bit more of a gothic vibe to it. And yeah, that's all the books I have for recommendation. Any last comments from anyone other than how much you hated it? No, I'm glad it's done with. Okay. I was really relieved. <laughs> okay. So our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. And then you can always email us. Our email is bookpilebanter at gmail.com.